Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside ARIA President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Well, we're almost finished with winter, but not quite yet, and we do have a fantastic guest lined up this month. David, we're talking with Vanessa Barker. She's a real estate broker from Royal LePage Signature. Today, we're going to discuss, among many subjects, creating engaging social media content. It's uh, a big game changer. You know, it really is. I mean, we're all on it. We all see it. You know, we pay attention to it, uh, you know, and, and scroll through. But I don't know that uh, many of us use it as effectively as we can uh, in our businesses uh, in, in order to promote ourselves and, and our clients. And uh, Vanessa has uh, great insights for us. It was a fascinating conversation. I think everybody will enjoy it a lot. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening today. Vanessa Barker is our guest on the Real Estate Edition podcast. You're listening to this month's episode of the Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oikel. Vanessa, great to talk to you today. Can you tell our listeners a little something about yourself? Yeah, so um, I've been in the real estate business for about five years now. I work with a partner. She also is my mother, so it's a family business. Um, She's going on her 29th year, I think, this year. Um, Grew up, born and raised in Toronto, um, married with kids now, live in the east end of Toronto and service that part. Um, And I've been on the... Uh, Ontario Real Estate Association Young Professional Network for two years Um, and it's been a really great experience and I'm here with you guys today. Fantastic and we're happy that you are. Um, So today we want to talk about creating uh, engaging social media content. You're very active on social media and you post a lot of content. You know on average what sort of content typically performs the best you know so for instance like video pictures infographics etc. Yeah, so um, typically my preferred platform is Instagram. And on Instagram, the best performing uh, post is a reel, which is a short video anywhere from 15 to 60 seconds. Those perform the best out of any other form of posting. So so building off that, you know, what, so you mentioned Instagram. So, um, you know, is that the best for your reach, uh, or, and what other pro, uh, what other platforms do you use? Yeah, so my main platform is Instagram. Um, I find that that is the best for my demographic, and it's one that I enjoy using the most. I am also on Facebook, but Instagram seems to be the one um, that I get the most interaction from my followers on. So that's the one that I use, and. Um, I've had some really good success with it so far. So let's talk about frequency of posts. Uh, About how often do you post? And and is there a method to your madness, so to speak? Yeah, so there is. And the way that I've posted has definitely evolved over the years. It went from, you know, being kind of scattered, posting here and there, um, having no real plan in place. Um, And then over the last two years, I've really created more of... um, a storyboard and plan for what I'm going to do. So this year, the biggest thing for me was to implement reels into my um, postings and to my feed because I know that they perform outperform by I think like six times um, any other form of posting on Instagram. So um, I do it. I 
plan it a weeks in advance and then I record all the reels at once. So four to five reels a week. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's, that's your average now. Now, a lot of times, cause you know, you, you follow different sites, different personalities and, and a lot of different aspects of life. Is there, is there something that, that has told you that, you know, there's too many posts if you hit a certain number or, or how do you adjust as far as, you know, being frequent, but not being on everybody's timeline seven times a day, so to speak. Yes. And that was always my concern. I didn't want to flood people's feeds with information, but I find when you're doing, when you're doing reels, you, they say you can't do enough of them. So anywhere from one to three a day even is okay. Um, But I kind of stuck to four to five a week as my goal. Also, it needs to be maintainable for consistency purposes. And for me to do three, one to three a day, I'd be recording like 20 a week. So that's totally unattainable for most busy, successful real estate agents. That's not something, you know, you're going to spend 40 hours a week doing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like to inundate everyone. And I find one post a day or one post three to five times a week is plenty on your feed, but you should be doing multiple stories on your Instagram every single day. That's one place where you can't do enough. You, you, there's always more that you can share very very interesting um i'm gonna be t- i'm gonna be watching this afterwards and taking i'm taking notes as we go but uh, i'm learning so much already so you know so talk about social media as a lead generation program not just an engagement program but a lead generation program how has that worked for you and uh, and you know within that you know i think it's probably the answer is probably instagram but which platform has been the most successful for you how has that worked out Yeah, so I find that there's kind of two ways to go about lead gen with social media. One is you pay for ads and sponsored ads, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, um, and then you're getting cold leads. Uh, But the way that I use it in terms of lead generation and specifically Instagram for myself is that I know the people that are following me on Instagram are friends, family, colleagues, colleagues. colleagues from across the country, my referral partners. And I know that if I'm constantly posting on social, that those people can see exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it. So I'm not using it exclusively for lead gen, but when I'm making those, you know, the, the boring lead gen that we do, which is, you know, we also have to be consistent in, um, which is the calls and the emails. When I pick up the phone, it's like, those people feel like they've been talking to me for months, even though I haven't heard their voice for maybe two years. Um, and I know their kids' names. They know my kids' names. So it's it's a tool I use on top of the traditional ways of lead gen. So I'm not working on cold leads, but it's it's just really worked really well. And I find taking that stress out of it people think oh my goodness uh you know i gotta pay for i have got to pay for sponsored ads how am i gonna do that who am i gonna hire to do that who's gonna you know monitor the insights and you know how they're performing and who's gonna make all these calls on all these cold leads and waste all that time i took all of that out and i just said i'm gonna post i'm gonna share my life i'm gonna connect with people i know and friends of people i know so that when i do the boring uh, connectivity plan, part of real estate. It's like world friends. So that's, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Just the comfort level too, of, of somebody already kind of, Hey, you know what? I have an idea about Vanessa. You know what I mean? So it really does make sense. So let's talk about 
uh, your videos specifically. You have a wide variety of videos that you post from market updates to here's what you need to know type of videos. Which ones are, are the most popular for you? Where, where do you get that more feedback on? You know what? I really like this style of video that you just did, Vanessa. So the funniest, this is the funniest part of posting videos. The thing, the pieces that you think are going to perform so well and that you work so hard on. So pulling good stats, you know, um, everyone was talking about how there was going to be a potential rate hike. So not only did I video, do a video about the rate hike, not uh, the Bank of Canada not raising the rate, I said, okay, let me explain what that means, why they're doing it and how that's going to affect you. I had like 400 people view that video, but I did another video of me laughing with some ridiculous audio in the background. It was eight seconds and I had 4,000 people view that one. <laughs> so so <laughs> that's, the frustrating, that's the frustrating part, right? Because you think you have gold because the rate hike was a big topic of conversation and, and, and you'd think right. that that would be the money one, right? Yeah, and I know that things that are boring don't do as well on Instagram. So to deal with that, I actually used a trending audio song and I put it in the background to push it out more and it still didn't help. <laughs> um, so I think you have to do a mix of a lot of different types of content. Um, but ultimately, I think the one thing to remember is that when you're putting content out there, you have to think to yourself, would I want to follow myself if I came across my own page? And if the answer is yes, you're you're doing it right. If the answer is like, oh my gosh, this is so boring, no, then you've got to change it up and have a little bit of fun and not take yourself so seriously. So talk about the impact of posting personal content on your business page. You know, was that an intentional decision that you made? And if so, why? Yeah. This this one's hard. I know everyone has a different comfort level with that. Um, originally, when I started my Instagram page, I wasn't even in real estate yet. I was just a mom and I was sharing pictures of my kids and I love to cook. So I was sharing that. And then I added the underscore realty on it and just started posting more stuff about real estate. But then I realized that my engagement went down when I just went to posting about real estate. And I'm totally comfortable sharing my personal life on social media. Not everyone is, but I find that people can really connect with you when you do. Um, and I think people get worried like, oh, you really shouldn't post so much about your personal life because it makes it difficult for everyone to connect with you. Well, I don't want everyone to connect with me. I, I know that's an impossible feat. You can't make everyone happy. You can't connect with everyone. Um, so I find it's beneficial because the people you connect with are the people you want to work with and you'll enjoy working with. Um, so I'm totally comfortable sharing it and I find it it's to my benefit for sure. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's build off of that answer. Cause I, I kind of have a feeling where this is going to go, but so how has merging personal life and business life impacted your business then? Because you talk about the connection and a lot of people are, are in our situation where it's like married, a couple of kids, maybe you like to do these three items and there is that connection, isn't there? There's a huge connection. And I think real estate was, was one of those businesses where there isn't really a lot of distinction. It's it's kind of embedded in our lives. It's kind of hard to divide the two, um, especially when we're talking about, you know, networking and where you're going out is where you're meeting potential clients. Well, where I'm going out is the park, the playground. I'm going to, you know, 
kids' birthday parties and things like that. And so that is part of my business. And those are the people that I want to reach. So it, it strategically makes sense for me to share pictures of my kids, of my favorite restaurants in the East End, um, you know, play dates, play groups, uh, things like that. Um, so yes, it's strategic, but it also, it just, it makes sense and I enjoy it. And then it just comes down to the connection. Okay. Then let me ask you this then, has it impacted your leads then? Yes, I would say it has because I, most of my business is uh, referral and repeat. So whether that's referrals from other agents across Canada or if it, or just friends and past clients referring me. So this kind of just helps that it completely snowballed the effect for me with getting more referrals because um, I would say, oh, I'm just at this park. I'm at Greenwood Park today skating with my like baby group. And then someone random that I don't know, but I knew was following me just from some other connection that we have, maybe a couple of mom friends will message me and be like, Oh my God, I missed you. Like, I want to meet you in real life. That's so funny. You know, I have a question about blah, 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 blah. And that's how it happens. And it's just so casual, but they feel like they can talk to you just like they talk to their best friend. So strategically for me, it's the best, it's the best way to get referrals and new business on social media. So what tips can you share with our listeners about coming up with fresh content when you're competing with 90,000 other realtors across Ontario? Yeah. So this is a hard one, but (laughs) I think the whole thing is, I think you, you can't be afraid to try something. There's no harm in trying something and having it flop as long as you're consistently posting it. So it could be absolutely nothing related to real estate. And I will always say there are, you know, there are 90,000 agents out there, but not all of them are posting on Instagram and not all of them are you. So, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can go on Instagram and you can search like hundred best content or best audio for real estate or top five um, content creators on real estate on Instagram and they will list a whole bunch of things and you can literally copy and paste that and make that your plan for the month and just follow that. And I also think that when you're doing your day-to-day activities in real estate, these are things that, you know, like the back of your hand, you do them automatically, but the average Joe who's not a real estate agent doesn't know those. So when you're creating your buyer's presentation or you're talking to a buyer about buying a potential property or your clients ask you about bully offers, um, I think just have in the back of your mind that all of those tiny things are great is great content. So I have some things coming out this week for reels and it's about bully offers and it's about all di- like, what do you need? What, what do you need? to qualify for a mortgage and these are basic things and then I have a little plug about how we use mortgage brokers and why they're so great and blah blah um and uh why it's important to invest in real estate and how it can help you build equity and how you can pull it from buy one property pull equity from that property and reinvest and but it's really quick and it's really simple and then it always has something like dm me for more information I'm always up for a coffee or a chat so I think, yeah, just constantly have it in the back of your mind that you're going to um, be thinking about fresh and new content, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And if you don't have time for that, just Google it. It's already there. 
I think you said something that's really wise is, is that because we're so close to it and we're so immersed in it every day, we, we try to think, well, you know, that isn't necessarily uh, so enlightening, but, um, you know, we, we, we have to recognize that a lot of people don't understand a lot of the details because there's a, an enormous amount of detail in our business. So I think that that was something that's very, very important is, is that we just have confidence that we know a lot of stuff that we can share for sure. So, you know, where do you personally go for inspiration for real estate? social content? Um, Personally, so I do follow some accounts on Instagram and they're not specific to real estate, but they're specific to, they, they create content and they help businesses create content. So they'll share a reel and then underneath in the caption, it'll say, this is what you can, here are some ideas for real estate agents. Here are some ideas for, you know, small product business owners. Here is an idea for this. And so I'll scroll through those. I'll save the audios um, right in Instagram. And I just scroll through. And if I have any, as you're scrolling through, what will happen is you will start thinking about things that you can do um, and get creative with it. And then I just write them down. I'll put them in my notes in my iPhone so that on Sunday night or Monday morning when I'm doing the reels for the week, I've got all these ideas already. Um, So yeah, there's a little cheating there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel if you can't think of anything yourself. Um, it's all there for you, and it's really easy um, to access. Yeah, absolutely it is. Okay, so um, the more videos you do, the more experience you gain, and then you start to think do's and don'ts of of posting, and, and what have you personally learned along the way as far as those categories, and, 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 and you know, can you break down the do's and don'ts for us? Um, so do's and don'ts, I would say the don'ts is do not take yourself so seriously. I think that's what stops people. They'll film something five or six times and watch it and they just can't get over watching themselves on camera and they'll never post it. So get over that. Do not take yourself seriously. Just do it. Um, don't post boring content. So, uh, I think this is a, this is a long winded one probably, but What I mean by that is that make sure that you would want to, when you're scrolling through, you're going to stop and watch the video, read the post, look at the carousel of information and find it valuable. If you don't think that it's valuable, don't post it. Um, And then the do's, I would say uh, consistency is key. If you're not consistent, it's not going to work. So you have to decide how many times you're going to post or what you're going to do. And you have to be consistent every single week. Um, And I find when I wasn't consistent, my followers would drop because people would be waiting for my stories and then they wouldn't come the next day or I wouldn't post for four days. And then they've lost interest and they've totally forgot that I was on the front of their stories for months. They've totally forgotten. They've moved on. Other things are there. And they don't care anymore. And so consistency is probably the biggest do. Um, Someone said, I forget, I was on a Zoom call last week and they said, execution beats perfection every single time. And I think that is huge for social media because people are so worried about being perfect and putting out the perfect content. Just do it. My first reel took two hours to to, um, record and Yesterday, I was running short on time, and between picking up my son from school and bringing my other son to the doctor for his two-month shots, I recorded four reels in a half an hour. It will come. 
Yep. Just do it. What what about what about length of videos? Do you do you ever sit there and think that okay, I I'd like to I'd like to put, uh, you know, everything I possibly can into 30 seconds or 40 seconds. But I know for a fact that if I hit 60 seconds or 75 seconds, uh, there might be audience drop off. Do you have a do or don't for length as well? Yes, I do. And that took a little while. So I used to do last year, I was doing Monday market minutes. Every Monday I would do Monday market minute, but it always went two to four minutes long. And I stopped doing it. And I had a few people who really love numbers and stats be like, why did you stop doing that? But my insights told me that no one was watching them. After like 20 seconds, everything just dropped off and it was dead. There was nothing entertaining about it. There was no music. And I, you know, it's a sad reality, but that's, that's what people want to see. Um, short attention so spans, now, eh? <laughs> short attention spans. So 60 seconds is the longest video I will do. And the best performing ones are anywhere from 15 to 54 statistically. Interesting. And for me, I find the ones that are 30 seconds or less are the best performing. So it's not a lot of time to give out your information. So I'll do something eye-catching in the reel that will catch someone's attention, so a statement. Um, and then if if I can't put all the information or an answer to that statement in the reel, I'll put a sign that says, read the caption. And then I'll write almost like a little blog post about what I'm talking about. So there's way more information than just what I'm putting in the reel. There's also the content that you have to write for it. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, so. How did you find your marketing and social media niche? I think it kind of, and this sounds ridiculous, but it kind of found me like I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram, but I found that I really enjoyed posting on Instagram more than I did on Facebook and that my followers, the people that I want to work with that are in my social circle are on Instagram more than they are on Facebook. Um, and then I realized who are the people that are watching my reels? I would say 90% of the people that are watching my reels are moms in their thirties and forties. And so just based on that and the people that were connecting with me, I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to keep putting out content that they're going to enjoy. And that's so kind of, that's kind of how it happened. And about three or four years ago, that was not the case. It was more like, newlywed couples and single women buying their first condo and now it's women with children <laughs> so. <laughs> so um that that actually uh is sort of leads into this question well and you know so did you test out a lot of different tactics before you found out what worked for you but as you say as maybe as life is changing you know maybe that's what uh, is creating the change but were there other tactics or other things that you learned along the way yes i think for me Yes, my life evolved and then so did my niche and who who my ideal client was, but also playing around with different posts. So in Instagram, for example, you have your standard photograph post, you have a video post, you have Instagram TV, IGTV, which is videos longer than a minute. You have carousels, which is multiple photos that you can scroll through, and then you have reels. So I've tried them all. And through that, I've realized reels really do get the most traction. 
But then second to reels, carousels get the most action. And I think that's just because when people see those little dots and they know there's more than one photo, it's like going through a photo album. They can scroll and scroll and scroll and you're going to get the most traction with that. People love to look at photo albums. I don't know what it is about that, but. And then I find IGTV is the least amount of traction because no one is going to watch a minute that's long or watch a video that's longer than a minute. Yeah. It's hard for anyone to concentrate that long. It's really interesting. As we're looking at this stuff, um, you know, one of the things that I see a lot on a lot of people's posts is a bunch of different hashtags, you know, a bunch of different things. Have you found that you make use of those uh, effectively uh, or can we overdo them? You know, what is your uh, your comment on hashtags? Hashtags have definitely changed. So the algorithm and Instagram has changed quite a bit. Originally, they said doing minimum of 28 to 30 hashtags on every post was necessary to get your content pushed out on Instagram. Now they're saying that anywhere from three to six hashtags is plenty, just as long as they're relevant to what you're posting. So for me, there's two that I use standard, Toronto real estate and my name, hashtag Vanessa Barker. And the reason why I do hashtag Vanessa Barker um, is that now I can go into the search on Instagram. And when I search hashtag Vanessa Barker, every single one of my posts from every different part of Instagram will show up and exactly how I'm reaching everyone and how they're doing. Um, so it's just a good way for me to keep track of everything. Uh, but I used to take it really seriously. I used to have uh, group A, group B, group C, group D with 30 and um, hashtags, best performing hashtags on Instagram. And what they say now is you shouldn't have only hashtags that are, have a hundred or have like over a million, um, uses. You should be finding the smaller hashtags with maybe anywhere from 250,000, um, uses or less and a mix of different size hashtags. Uh, and that's the best way. So hashtags seem to be less relevant than they were before. Uh, but I would say if you're going to use them, make sure they're relevant to your post. So if someone's searching up Toronto real estate, it's going to come up, but it shouldn't be a picture of you and your kids, right? you know, tobogganing. Then you would write like Toronto life or tobogganing or winter, winter wonderland, Toronto winter wonderland, things like that. <laughs> winter wonderland yes uh okay so <laughs> when, when we're when we're looking at uh your social media planning how do you organize that i know you talked about sunday nights are a big taping day for you and, and you get your ideas throughout the week but do you have a content mm-hmm. uh, calendar yourself that you that you kind of uh are, are religious to where you where you kind of feed that calendar to get your input out yes so I've tried doing that. I know that it is the suggested way of organizing for consistency. I do not do that, or I haven't done that yet. Um, and I find they do, There, there's mixed reviews on this, but a lot of big content creators say when you create content outside of Instagram and you put them inside of an app and have them pre-scheduled um, with like a content cr- a calendar and then they get posted for you, you're using a third party and the algorithm doesn't like that. So they're not going to push out your content as much. I don't know if that's true or not. I just haven't done it personally. I just know, okay, Vanessa, you're doing four or five posts every single week. I have my notes and I just, 
I just know what I'm going to be doing on that Sunday and I, I bang it out every week and that's it. And then during the week I'll spend time always kind of thinking of different and new ideas. And if there's a trending audio or a trending TikTok, I follow TikTok too. We didn't talk about TikTok, mm -hmm. but if you're really stuck on ideas and you really want to get content that is trending, so that's either a short audio or a dance or something like that, it's going to trend in TikTok before it trends in Reels. So you can find out what's trending in TikTok by how many views it's had or hits it's had. And then you, um, you can do it in reels and you might be like the first one to hit the trend on reels. Right. Why, why haven't you tackled TikTok? I mean, outside of the dancing and stuff like that, because I, I don't know if the dancing real estate person works. Maybe, maybe it does. Maybe it does. I'm not, I'm not against it, but I have seen a yeah. lot of real estate listings on TikTok and you can get some really good shots and you, you know how that works. It works really well. Why haven't you tackled that? You know what? I think it's just like, it's, it's a scary concept to yep. tackle and take on another platform because it's so it can be time consuming. Um, I'm on TikTok. I have a couple of posts on TikTok. I watch TikTok. Like I go through TikTok. I find it entertaining, the content. And I do look at real estate agents that are on TikTok for concepts and ideas for my own reels. Um, sometimes it just helps getting the creativity flowing for my own concepts. Um, and I would like to, it's definitely on the list. I have a list of things that I want to do this year, start doing it's on the list, but I don't know if we'll get there or not. Uh, but I know that I know personally, a few agents who are on TikTok and they have had amazing success, um, using it as a lead gen site and they have tons of fun and they do not do dances. I don't think <laughs> as far as I know, but, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a fun app to try, and I think it, you could have a lot of success using it for sure. So, Vanessa, for those that are new to social media marketing, you know, where do you recommend realtors start? You know, is it simple as starting with you know lifestyle content, listings, you know, tips for buyers and sellers? You know, where 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 should they start? I think if you're new to social media and you're not interested in sharing a ton of your personal life. Um, which I find a lot of people who are new to social media, it's because they're not really interested in sharing a lot of their um, personal life. Then yeah, I think tips about real estate, things you know, if you're new to real estate even, um, all the things you learned in your courses even, or maybe you're shadowing a mentor and it's all the things that you're learning, you can share those things because those are the like beginning you know, of the process sort of things that would be really helpful for first time buyers or, you know, what whoever your niche might be or who you're thinking your niche will be. Uh, and then also I would say, you know, if you don't have your own listings to share, because people love to look at beautiful homes, condos, you can, when you can find, look through Instagram, look through Facebook, see beautiful videos, content, reels, whatever it is. If you love that house, it's maybe it's whatever you're in your market, you can reach out to the agent and say, oh, that's a beautiful listing. I'm a new agent. Do you mind if I share your content on my social and I'll tag you? And, you know, we've had that happen to us quite a few times and it just works really, really well. And people think these are all your listings because a lot of people don't even look at the caption, but you're still giving them credit. Um, and so not only are you sharing their listing and helping potentially sell it, you're also you know, making yourself look great. You're finding beautiful things to add to your 
Instagram or your Facebook. So if you don't have the content, ask to borrow it from others and share. And that helps for sure. Okay, let me ask you, I guess the um, once the reels are done and all the tapings are done, there's an editing side of it too. So to, to make it look as good as possible. So editing platforms, is there specific apps you use to edit your reels, your your Instagram posts and, uh, and, and which ones do you use? So for reels, I have like, you can do a lot of editing in the reel. You can add audio, you can add filters, you can um, like cut clips. And so I do that right inside the app. Uh, but one app that I do everything for, so posts, marketing, um, even like presentation collateral, Canva. Canva is the most user-friendly app. And if you want the pro version, I think it's, I think it's, hardly anything. It's like $11 extra a month or something. And they'll keep all of your branding colors and they'll create a brand kit for you. And it's very drop and click. Um, so that is a great way, especially if you look at my page, it's not curated. You'll see some pages on Instagram and you look at the feed and everything has a whole look to it and everything is color coded. And I'm more whatever I post whatever I want and I don't really care about that kind of stuff um and I might in the future uh, but if you do using Canva you'll be able to create a really beautiful colorway um and edit those cover shots of your videos or your reel so that everything looks cohesive so Canva is the probably the first and most simple one I would use if you were looking to uh, get an app yeah, absolutely. So uh, final thoughts. This has been a lot of fun. This this went by way too fast, but a lot of information too. I really liked it quite a bit. Uh, where can where can people find you on Instagram, of course? And any final thoughts from you, Vanessa, because uh, it's been a treat talking to you today. Yeah, it's been great talking to both of you. And I um, thank you so much for having me on. You can follow me at Vanessa Barker underscore Realty on Instagram. Uh, post four to five times a day on there so you can follow me. Um, and the only other thing I will say, which we didn't touch on, is it's called social media for a reason. It's not just about putting content out, but engaging with other people's content. So, you know, we're always looking for support when we put out content. We want people to like, share, follow. Do the same for your colleagues, your friends, your friends with small businesses. They're going to appreciate it. And then you're really creating a social environment where you're making comments on their posts and you're not only just expecting people to bring comments and follows to you. So that makes a huge difference as well. Thank you for your time, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all ARIA members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit aria.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. Are you passionate about making an impact in the real estate industry in Ontario? If so, consider applying for the ARIA Board of Directors or to be on an ARIA committee or task force. The deadline to apply for the Board of Directors is coming up on February 12th, and the deadline to apply for an ARIA committee or task force is April 4th. 
Visit the Professional Development tab on aria.com for more information. And finally, don't forget to check out realheart.ca to read the inspiring stories of realtors giving back to their communities and to share your story. That's realheart.ca. That's it for today. From Maria President David Oikel and myself, David Bastel, stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month.